Hey, I'm Fred. And I'm Ant. And this is Create a Generation. Create a Generation of Hype. I think you're seeing a generation of creators that treat themselves much more like businesses. It's like massive media empires of overarching brands rather than here's a creator who's making a one-off YouTube. This week, we're chatting to Michael Ma, the founder of CreatorDAO. Michael has raised over $20 million to help solve, well, how creators are going to make money using Web3. That's right. We're talking crypto and blockchain and all that, but we're not going to make it all gobbledygook. We're going to break it down and show you how this could possibly be the future for the creator economy. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. All right, we're back with another episode of Creator Generation. This week, joined by Michael Ma, who is well. You know what? I'm going to stop myself right there because I do shocking introductions. He's a dude behind Creator Dow. Other than that, Michael, can you please save me and do a better introduction? <laughs> sure, I, I can try. <laughs> um, very quickly on myself, I I was a founder of a tech startup. Years ago, called Talkbin, I went through a program called Y Combinator. I sold my company to Google, and I worked a number of years at Google before becoming a venture capitalist, where I invested in early stage startups with a famous athlete in in the U.S. called Joe Montana. And I fell in love with the creator economy when I started making investments in creator companies like uh, Carrot, Captivate, Jet Fuel, whatnot, Restream. And during that process, I met more and more creators and a lot of them seemed to me to be like the next generation of startup founders. Like they were these massive brands within themselves. And I realized that my venture career is all about investing in people. And I thought, Hey, how do I invest in the next generation of startups? Well, the best way would be to start something that could do that. And one of the thoughts I had was, I think it's better owned by community. So I'm the founder today of creator DAO, which is a, Web3 entity that is a community of creators that invest in other creators. Maybe one of the best introductions I've, I've heard. <laughs> yeah, it's very, very humble. I'll, tra- I'll translate. Michael's really, really smart and has done really, really smart things and is like building the future, hopefully, of, of one future of the creator economy. <laughs> Um, I'm learning from people like Ant. It's a more accurate description. <laughs> but before we go yes. on, I was, when I was doing research, obviously, before the podcast, I mean, I heard about the Joe Montana thing. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm an NFL fan and I was, I was interested. Like, you okay. can talk about it a little bit, but you don't really, I didn't hear much of the detail. Like, how did that happen? How did you meet Joe Mont- Montana and, and get that get that it's, happening? It's so funny because I'm like, I'm not a big football guy. So the, the whole experience is wasted on me. But we sort of came together because Joe was part of this first wave of athletes, celebrities, influencers who are angel investing. So for our time, it was it was basically Joe Montana, Ashton Kutcher, and MC Hammer were the only people like really angel investing. And it really came from the fact that Joe's, you know, Silicon Valley native from 49ers, right? He was he was playing sorry, now he wasn't a native here, he but he he had started playing here. And so he was getting all of this exposure to investing. He became close friends with a guy named Ron Conway, who's basically the original angel investor in companies like Google realized, wow, there's a ton of financial upside and it's really fun to invest in early stage companies. He started going to something called Y Combinator. Their demo days, seeing great companies. At the same time, I was going to Y Combinator as an alumni. I was pretty connected to that scene. I became one of the top referrals of all time for Y Combinator companies for a while. And so one time Joe was doing an angel conference 
And he was speaking there as like, you know, here's what an athlete does when he starts angel investing. It just so happened the person interviewing him, say similar podcast like this, I guess, was my old co-founder who was one of the YC partners. And Joe was like, hey, I've been doing really well angel investing. I'm thinking about starting a fund. So he had done stuff like Pinterest, Dropbox in the later stages. He's like, how do I come in super early? My co-founder was like, hey, there's one guy you should talk to. He's my old co-founder. He just so happens to be investing, helping companies. He teaches that. So we ended up meeting together and, and maybe cried to me like, I, you know, I, I, I'm not a big football guy, so I didn't really mean anything. Now, like after spending some time with him, we were like, you know, this guy was the Tom Brady of his era. Like just, an, I mean, just amazing human being, not only as an athlete, but just somebody I really enjoy and admire working with. And he has tons of leadership lessons. By the time I was pretty honest, I was like, hey, these are the things that are tough about angel investing. I think he appreciated it. I was more just honest about it than anything else. I was like, hey, it's really tough to start a fund. And Craig Tim was like, hey, look, you're a founder. Let's start it together. I think a lot of people like in his position would be like, let me hire a couple of junior folks. Let me do something like that. Instead, he's like, let's work together. And I love that founder mentality about how we all started. And there's a third partner I'm not matching now, but he <laughs> he's actually more smarter than both Joe and I. He's a PhD in physics from Yale and taught at MIT. But the three of us went out and we started this thing. And, you know, we, we did fairly well, I'd say. We invested about 30 companies worth over a billion. Wow. Yeah, but very randomly. Long story short, very randomly that we got connected. Because <laughs> you wouldn't expect, I'm like this tiny Asian guy. He's like this legend of football, but we fell in love with just investing. You know, he, he really enjoys it. He's been a great investor. Awesome. Well, let's, and then let's bring it to where you are now, because there's like, I mean, we could talk about how you got here for a long time, probably a couple of hours, and we don't have that much time. And then, you know, let's talk about credit, credit Dow and maybe even take a step back and because you talked about like web3 community owned a lot of this stuff gets thrown around it's kind of like what the hell is going on so like can you maybe what's a DAO? like what and like what does that even mean and then let's yeah build up and give you okay I'll, I'll give you like the dictionary definition which is it's a decentralized autonomous organization awesome done yeah. <laughs> done <laughs> you guys know what you no i mean <laughs> I think one of the, I forget who it was, but I remember writing this down because they had such a good, like they're amazing writing. Like, how do I simplify what a DAO is? And they described it as Discord with a bank account. And <laughs> it gets us 80% nice. there yet. I still sort of don't think it's the perfect definition. I do think it's community with a treasury is how I sort of describe it as. It combines a couple of different things. I think one is Web3's like sort of crypto angle in if it's in that thesis of like if if you think about you know the original Bitcoin Ethereum, it's this idea of if you are ones creating the underlying infrastructure, you should own part of it. And so Ethereum, if you're creating smart money, you should own, you should be the ultimate controllers, governor, like people would say probably more strict government, you should be the governance holder, which is like you determine what happens to the protocol over time. If you look at Web2, these people build up infrastructure, you know, they build up the internet, the wires that connect us all, but they didn't really control it. it then they either became controlled by centralized entities or they saw no impact in actually building this up. And so I think Web3's goal is to, if you look at like, this is again, a definition I heard, so I, I don't know who to give credit to, but I thought it was a really good description of the path that Web3 is. Web1 was read, which was like, you could go and you could, Read news, right? It was Yahoo. They had a portal. It was directory. 
Web2 was the right, uh, was read and write, which is to suddenly to write a blog post of Facebook where every person was contributing content, right? People were like, Hey, like I'm, if I'm not going to Yahoo to go to a portal and, and read the latest news today or see the latest source because I'm the one creating content, right? So Facebook, YouTube is all the error of Web2. And Web3 is this promise of read, write, own where you're not only contributing, but you ultimately govern and have ownership around the data. So you see a lot of people trying to distinguish what does ownership mean? And I think there's various interpretations of it, but one of it is like, hey, can you ultimately control what you're building? Like if you were, and again, analogy, let's say if you were to build the next version of Twitter, do you have full control of your own data, right? That you can move it around anywhere. Do you have control of the system where you can actually determine how things should be regulated? And so, Creator DAO is just one aspect of that bigger theme around like, hey, if we get creators to start investing in each other, they should be the ones to make decisions, right? Like, I am probably the least famous person as part of Creator DAO. I'm the, I'm the founder of the company, but you look at all the other creators joining, I'm the least famous. What do I know about who the next big creator is? I, I don't. But the creators as a whole, as a group, control that treasury and say, hey, we should invest in this person. And they all vote. So it's this idea of decentralization of decision making in a way that actually makes things better. And one of the interesting things, and sorry, I'm going on a rant here, but just super quickly, one of the things, I'm not like one of those hardcore web free founders is like everything should be decentralized. I think there's a couple aspects that re work really well for decentralization. I think creator economy is one of them. That was a very long way to answer. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's good because it's fascinating. And I'm, um, I'm, you know, I, I want to approach this, this podcast from like the perspective of people who know nothing. Um, I know some things, but not enough. Um, like we were, you know, and we were chatting a couple of weeks ago, right? And like a lot of, like a lot, I feel like there's a lot of barriers to Web three for not just creators, but probably everyone who's not bought in because of a few few reasons. But part of that is like the the language that is used um, is foreign and new. Um, so just trying to look to how we can, and uh, you know, I know you believe that too and like how do we break this down and, and make it really consumable and accessible um, I, I would so go even a step further and say there was a lot of people who misused it and use it for scans I mean like let's be honest to what we see oh. on the news today that like yeah like any technology has good and bad uses and unfortunately the last few months have been people using it for bad like but I don't like I think and this is sorry just again a side note like I look at what's going on in the world and it's like any technology, right? The internet can be used for incredibly bad things like child porn. It's been used ever, but it can also be used for immensely good things like look at Wikipedia. And right now the narrative that's dominating is unfortunately something incredibly negative. And it's just, you know, more than a couple, multiple bad actors doing something. So again, that actually makes people less interested in learning more about. It. So I appreciate you willing to have this conversation because it's just like, yeah, it's been used pretty negatively for the past few months, I'd say. Yeah, uh, yeah, I've sort of had that note like crypto, blockchain, you know, um, Web3. There's either like the true believers and the, you know, <laughs> the crypto bros, um, <laughs> completely skeptics, like who are just like, it's a scam and it will only ever be a scam. Or then probably the vast majority are just kind of oblivious. I would like just un like blissfully oblivious. And hopefully we can take everyone who's blissfully oblivious and, and, bring them along for the ride michael you mentioned that you saw like there's some areas that are, are you know decentralized uh, you know like community led community run owned 
um, organization like this is perfect for creators? Like it, it's not perfect for everything, but why is it perfect for, why do you think it's perfect for creators? I saw something again. I feel like you, you all in this room are more experts than me, but I'll tell again, share my experience. When I've talked to creator after creator, especially in the early days, it was a community of creators helping each other that all of them sort of grew up around the same time. And again, I think like everything else, and actually, they're actually really strong analogies between the early days of cryptocurrency itself, where there was a group of people who were, like you think about like the first pizza being bought at Bitcoin. They weren't doing it for the money. They probably lost today probably $20 million to buy pizza if you look at it. But they're doing it because they wanted to build something up, a technology. You look at early YouTubers, they just wanted to share their stories with the world. They weren't today, you know, billion dollar brands, right? And so... To me, it, it's sort of back to the basics of what made the creator economy special, a group of creators just support each other. And part of it's dollars, but part of it is the fact that whatever system that's only built up is going to be controlled and governed by the creators themselves based on their contribution. So it was that core idea that got me excited about this. And I look at something like, you know, you, you can't run a decentralized car manufacturing company. You need managers, you need infrastructure. There's so much you need. But one creator helping another, like the three of us right now could help each other in really interesting ways. Like what you're doing right now with the podcast, right? You two came together. I've seen that with podcasts. I've seen that with content. I've seen it with so many different things that it's actually, the entry points are really simplistic. The relationships are both financially beneficial to everybody, but just also from a culture, lots of reasons why like groups of creators come together. And so that's what appealed to me, honestly, about what, what we're trying to do at CreatorDAO. It targets back to the early age of creators when they're all trying to help each other. And two, you see creators like do stuff to support each other all the time. Like when two companies come together, especially in the same like audience, a lot of times they're like, well, we're selling competing products. Very few times are creators like that. Yes, there is some attention that creators want, but two creators can do a collab and both of them could end up doing that. Happens all the time. Companies, on the other hand, like, like let's say again, we can use car companies, but like, you can only buy one car. You can buy like, like let's say I, I you know, I don't have, I don't have my own podcast. Let's say I started my own podcast. That actually might be beneficial that I could make. I was on Ant's podcast, and both of us could grow our our podcast, right? And so there's this mutual beneficial aspect behind the creator economy that doesn't exist with a lot of other businesses. That mm. Mr. Beast can promote. Eric and Eric can promote Mr. Beast and both of them are totally fine. Yeah. Again, there's uh, like people argue there's some attention that, you know, but people produce can consume content at a pretty fast rate. That's not the case for food. Like one cereal company can't be like, go, go buy on turnover. Like you can't be like McDonald's and go, go buy Burger King. Cause somebody's going to only eat once for dinner. Right? Like there's this collaborative environment that I love about the creator economy that I think is super unique and that has incredible network effects that I think, again, leaves this community feel. Like a lot of times, again, when I talk about cryptocurrency, I try not to use the tech talk, which is like, oh, let's look at blockchain, like zero proof, zero knowledge proof, whatever it is. Let's focus on what it delivers. And what it delivers is community in a lot of ways. If And this is specific to DAOs. NFTs deliver something different. Cryptocurrency itself delivers something different. Each aspect of the blockchain and Web3 delivers something different. But DAOs in particular have incredible ability to deliver community at scale. That's a fascinating insight, that aspect of, you know, how the, the creator ecosystem, that a aspect of collaborations is, is so powerful when compared to, to other places. You know, it's something I think yeah. people don't really think about. 
Um, I know it's a, it's some, you know, creators are obviously very keen on, on collaboration. Sometimes they, they struggle with it. Um, but it's just a fascinating take on, on how that, that, that happens. What do you think, um, in terms of the collaborations going forward, obviously as these collaborations get bigger and bigger, just generally speaking, where do you think that's going with creators in terms of the new types of collaborations they can be doing? To me, one thing I've seen creators do is launch their own brands, their own businesses more and more. Like I look at like, you know, we saw on the news recently, right? Mr. Beast, the PewDiePie. And Mr. Mm. Beast and PewDiePie are very different type of creators, right? Like mm. like Mr. Beast has this scale and this translatable brand into Feast of Bows, uh, Mr. Beast Burgers. I see that as a huge chunk of the future, that more and more creators are going to look like Mr. Beast and they did look like somebody who, like PewDiePie, was just as great in his own way, right? Like everybody's different. But I think you're seeing a generation of creators that treat themselves much more like businesses, like a Logan Paul, a Jake Paul, all of them feel a lot more like businesses, like massive media empires or overarching brands, rather than here's a creator who's making a one-off YouTube. And I think we'll see that continuous scale up. And then, sorry, to, to answer your question, I think a lot of times you see creators come together to build brands or some other stuff, like come together to be built businesses in a lot of ways. Where do you see this? Like we always use the top, not even 1%, top 0.1%, you know, oh, like, yeah. you know, like the, like not everyone's going to be Jimmy, Mr. Beast, you know, oh, of course not. Um, not everyone's going to be Logan Paul or, or PewDiePie. Like where does this, like we, you know, we've talked about this a lot um, internally and on the podcasts and um, with a whole bunch of other people, but like someone with, you know, a few hundred thousand YouTube subscribers and a, a healthy channel with like, you know, a video a week and 50,000 views, that's a lot of reach and influence, right? Yeah. Like that's a lot, but it, for most creators, that's not sustainable, a sustainable career option. Some, some it is, some make really like a really clever and a, a lot it's not, but it, I'm in the camp that it, it, it should be, or it should bloody well be pretty close to it. Like how do, or does something like create a DAO or, or DAOs in general, or, this web three world like what does that look like for for that type of creator like <laughs> air quote the middle class <laughs> <laughs> i think it increases the ability to monetize dramatically and it might not be us like we i, I consider us as the financing arm and sort of like the start of this i wouldn't be surprised if there's more web three companies that emerge that make it easier and easier for creators to monetize their audiences and take less and less of the middleman fee I would argue say that's already happening with some of the music NFTs. And again, I'm not as involved in the music side, so I can't speak to it. But based on what I'm hearing, a lot of them like, hey, you issue some music NFTs to your diehard fans and you actually are monetizing more than your Spotify. So I do think like part of the goal of Web3, and I think even Web2, I, I think it's just a general thing that's happening is there's more and more middle class of creators that's being started. You look at something like Substack, right? Didn't exist years ago. Now there's a whole group of creators who can have increased income, increased monetary because they have a Substack. So I think there's two free companies. And like, I don't think all of them have to be web free. I think web free could play a part in it. But I think the mission of letting creators have a middle class where they don't have to be Mr. Beast, but still can have income where they're not forced to be like, okay, I got to get a job now because it's just, there's no way. Even with 100,000 fans, I can never make this a career. Now that path is opening up. And I would say that's been a trend I've seen for a while now. And that's part of why we believe what we're doing is that 
we can serve more and more creators because more and more of them are businesses, even though, yeah, they are small businesses. They, they might never be a venture backed business, nor they might ever be like a Mr. Beast, but they can still be a business versus before they just cut it. Right. And it's, it's stuff from Twitch to Substack to everything else that's emerging today. Like all these companies that let people start their own brands, like the Lincoln Bio services. Hey, just a quick interruption. We have the Creator Generation Discord community. Join your fellow creators from all over the world. We are here to help you grow, thrive, succeed, help each other be accountable and get it done. So hit the link, join us in the Discord. I look forward to seeing you there. In terms of, I mean, like like Ant mentioned before, the area itself is like I think a lot of creators are, are interested, but they just don't know the application for them. I mean, we talked to a lot of creators. You know, some of the some of them have tried you know different things in, in the crypto space, and and they're all experimenting. I think there is a lot of interest. I mean, I think if we could explain to them the way you sort of explained the way the DAOs work, that there would be interest there. But I think they're wondering about the practical implications. Like, what is the practical implication of of running the structure? I think two two different things. The first one is ownership in, in two different ways. Like, and again, this isn't even about creator dub. I think the promise of Web3 that whatever platform they help build, they, they will ultimately be controllers of it. Like, it sucks when a creator, like, because the algorithm changes something. They were highly monetized and then that's completely out of their control. So ownership to me means not just in the traditional sense, but in the sense that you ultimately are governors of it, that whatever system is like, decisions are being made they have a voice in that like mm. when twitch suddenly changes the percentage that they give to creators that sucks and there's no consulting to create themselves but in a web free world they would be consulted because they ultimately control the system right so creators made twitch right twitch would not be what it is today youtube none of these platforms you know these but they don't have to answer to the creators because they, they're owned by Facebook, they're owned by Amazon, these massive conglomerates, right, of 100 billion entities are like, yeah, you know, they don't, they can decide whatever. But imagine in a web-free world, ultimately, that massive community organization is owned by the creators themselves. And again, we are not, I would say, the most complicated to one. In some ways, we look like a simple financing solution. But having more and more creators put in that treasury, that treasury goes, I wouldn't be sad if creators like, hey, the next time, like, TikTok, like, you know, musically, right, was what TikTok was originally called when it was acquired by ByteDance. Imagine a DAO coming together and be like, all these creators saying, we should buy it. And once we buy it, we should control it, like, and tell the system, these platforms, what to do. And 10,000 creators deciding to switch platforms overnight is incredibly powerful. One creator deciding to do that is, no matter how big you are, is sort of like, eh, it's a drop in wall. But 10 to 20,000, 50,000, like, so if we can get a community together to make these honestly, very important economic decisions, I think creators would be surprised how much power they can pull as a community. So is this idea, like in some ways, hey, by putting them all together and using financing as an excuse to get them all together, there's a lot more they can do. Look, it doesn't, you know, honestly, in my opinion, it doesn't have to be Web3, but Web3 just happens to be the best technology for it right now. So let's, can we like break down a hypothetical? Like let's, there's yeah. a couple, but one is like, like how do I, if, say I'm a creator, how do I interact with Creator DAO? And like, what do I do? Do I sign up, put my credit card details in? and have, No, have like we actually... Like, the new, have I new, joined the new MCN? Just it's got like, what is, like, you know, like what, what, how does it work? Like, let's, let's get practical. Like, what does it mean? Yeah, so a couple of things. We never want our creators buying like tokens, equity, whatever. What we do is we go to our creator and it's like, hey, we want to give you some money up front. 
in return for a percentage of your earnings going forward. And because we're giving them money up front, we serve almost like a VC would, right? Like VCs gave Facebook money, all these people. And a lot of times it lets somebody quit their job. So right now, we're actually doing it right now. So we're about to invest a million dollars into one creator for 20% of their earnings for the next 10 years. And we're letting the entire community choose. So it's already happening, right? Like even as we speak, and we won't always do that same type of deal. This is again, sort of to get our name out there. But in a lot of ways, it's exactly how Web3 works. Like the community decides and that's everybody, anybody in the world can vote. And it gets final approval by the DAO members, which is like, you know, a list of Paris Hilton, Jake Paul, Andrew East, um, Sean John, like a bunch of really great creators find a side. And they're also putting some of their earnings into this treasury. So that's the other beauty of DAOs. Instead of the money going to some faceless corporation, it goes to a DAO treasury, which is, again, controlled by the community members. So effectively, again, it, it just simplifies, like we go to a creator, we offer them money up front in return for some percentage of our earnings. And again, in this case that we're running, it's the million dollars for 20%. It's again, a giant competition. So the caveats, but usually it's some percentage based on what they earn today. Um, we bought those earnings and now they're part of the DAO and then they get to view, vote on the future. So the next time they're like, like imagine you're a creator and you come in, you're like, I want to crash a Lamborghini. No bank's going to let that lend you that money, but maybe other creators will get in. Like, oh, this is going to make you the next Mr. Beast if you do it this way. And they say yes, and they approve. And it's, again, because it's owned by the community and the community members get to govern that trade, they can all say yes or no. But it's ultimately the community decides. And maybe, again, that could be a terrible idea. It could be a good idea. I'm not qualified to know. And I think the average bank is not qualified to know. But a group of community of creators is qualified to know. And so they should be ultimate voters of that. So that's the whole goal. So, credit DAOs like invite only, like, like, and part of that invitation is you guys invest in those creators, and that yeah. they then agree to join the community, yeah. and um, and then there's a a group of other creators that get invited along the way, um, yeah, and then there's a a pool of money, is, is, yeah, is that, and then the community those invited creators get to decide how, if and how and when that money is then distributed to like on a needs basis. Is that like, I'm trying to break it down. Is that kind of about right? Yeah. I wouldn't say like, and every time it's distributed, it's also distributed as right. an investment. So when that creator says, let's again, maybe that's a bad example <laughs> of crashing landing or like they want to do something cool. Like maybe, you know, they, they want to book a space flight to like hit the edge of space they have to say, hey, I'm, I want like X amount of money in return for X amount of my earnings that I'm going to pay back to the treasury. But again, because it's community owned, one of the great aspects of it is the creators can help each other, right? So suddenly they're like, oh, like now there's shared sort of financial incentive for them to promote it. Like, oh, you got to go watch this person go to the moon or you got to watch this person go crash a Lamborghini because the entire system again, is, is ultimately governed by the creator themselves. So if people make poor decisions, the treasury disappears, it's gone. But if they make the good decisions, they can get bigger and bigger and keep supporting each other in cooler, cooler ways. But it is like looking at a day, like it is a financial product. It's not just, it's not designed as a charity. It's not designed here is free money, do this. At the same time, it's not a corporation. It's not designed in a way it's like all we care about is the bottom line. The only thing that matters is we get X return and we're going to come after we don't. 
it is a kind of hybrid where like, look, if the treasury increases, everybody benefits in the long run. Everybody controls the treasury, so the more powerful the system gets. At the same time, it doesn't function like trade cooperate. And that, again, goes into Web3, where I think more and more entities will start looking like this, which is DAOs. And, you know, it's almost like a softer-driven organization in a lot of ways with community governance is how I look at it. Yeah, and okay. You know, I, I, we're so much on the like cutting edge of where the world is headed that like I don't think there's anything quite like it. There's not like it doesn't really look like, like a corporation. It doesn't really look like a nonprofit. It looks like something very different. Yeah. And some people say, "Hey, that could be the future, right?" Like imagine, like you know clearly what are the rules written in the software on a blockchain. Like the whole point of blockchain is immutable chain that anybody in the world can take a look at and, and like know exactly how it operates. Super cool. So how, like, how do you mitigate risk, right? Like how do you, cause you guys have got like um, a, a decent, a pretty big fund. Um, I don't think we've, like, how yeah. big, what, 20 million US raised. Yeah, to, we raised 20 million. Which yeah. is, is not, is not, not a small amount of money. Yeah. And then you're basically going to hand that over to a bunch of, creators to then decide how that will be spent how do you how yeah. do you like how do you make sure that that doesn't end up with 20 crash lamborghinis and <laughs> um you know 15 round the world business class trips and you know a lot yeah. of champagne and then we're done like how, how like is there any yeah how, how do you stop that happening or too bad that that's 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 the risk Today, it just transparently for everybody. It, today, it's a centralized company. It is a company as we slowly build out the tools and train our creators. So, we what eventually will happen is the software itself. Like, look, if everybody votes to do things a certain way, the software like, hey, by the way, if you do this based on our previous analysis, you probably lose your lose money. And in the early days, why we're like, we are the ones like picking the members, trying to go outreach, do all these things is to set up the right community. Yeah. A group of creators who do want to support each other, who are incredibly intelligent. And so it's people like Joe Matek, Gary Dan, like people, I'm like, these guys are way more intelligent than me trying to help us figure it out. In the long run, I do think if you get the community right early on, you set the right tone and you put software that helps govern it and there's subcommittees that give advice Ultimately, it is up to the community. And I would say the hope is that a community comes together and magic happens. And that could not happen. And But I would say there's very strong evidence that it has happened before. If you look at Bitcoin, there is no Bitcoin. There's a Bitcoin foundation, but that barely operates. Like There's no CEO mm -hmm. for Bitcoin today. It was a group of people who all had shared community upside, I don't know what it was that all came together, but they all sort of went around the world saying, we believe in Bitcoin. And they told their friends about it and they kept pushing it. And pretty soon, you know, it's worth what, half a billion, it's like half a trillion to, at the top. And I don't know what it's worth. They probably weigh less, like 200 billion. Like that was created because a group of people came together. Okay, 300 billion. Sorry, well, we're on the subject. I need, I need to get my numbers right. <laughs> um, a lot. I was created because a lot, because a group of people came together. I mean, that's the kind of market cap you would expect of a Fortune 500 company. 
because there was no leaders. They went out there and each person did their own thing. And Ethereum is another good example of that. Like different people created different program programs on it, different smart money. People created NFTs because it was built on Ethereum. Like not all of it will be good. Mm. But the hope is enough of it is that as people build upon you, like build services, everything else on the platform that's actually stronger than a centralized entity, that you could be a Facebook or a Meta and you could be like, I'm going to launch my own digital wallet. But a thousand programmers all doing working off open source, doing their own versions of what they think is right will actually produce mm -hmm. something better. That a thousand creators all help each other, figuring it out deciding who to invest in will actually be a better system than, hey, we paid five of the world's leading experts. We built a program. We have an entire team. And I do think it's 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 hope-based in some ways that we believe that will be the future. There's plenty of times that, like, you know, this goes into the democracy versus everything else out there, right? Like the forms of government. And I think it was a Winston Churchill quote. It's like, you know, democracy is what is the worst of all forms of government except every other government <laughs> like you know like you look at it it's, it's not perfect but it's the best we have right like you compare to everything out there so part of the hope is when you get a large group of community people and you set the right tone from the beginning it'll perpetuate years on long that it will be beyond the founders beyond the initial group of people that it would actually be something good i mean i look at it i guess you know it, it, it I, I lose faith in humanity a few times a day, but pre predominantly, you know, <laughs> we have this social contract that we all adhere to. Like, yes, there are rules around it, but we, you know, you don't, you stop at a red light. There's, you, there's nothing to stop you parking, stopping your car in the middle of the road and getting out and walking out off and causing chaos for everyone, but we don't do it. Um, some yeah. might, but very few. So it's a similar, like the social contract we have of not just stepping out in front of cars and trains and parking your car or sticking to the correct side of the road. Um, yes, there are laws and police, but the reason why most of us adhere to those is because of the, like the agreed social contract. So is that the kind of a similar thing that comes then through a DAO? I guess, again, to use the, uh, I always follow crypto news, so I apologize, I use the crypto analogy right now. But if you look at what happened with FTX, that even though it has the words crypto, it was a centralized entity, a centralized exchange, where a couple bad actors were like, let's, yeah, again, I, I'm not going to speculate on what exactly happened, but based on what I've read, took customer funds and used it for, you know, leverage or whatever they did and basically gambled it. That actually is the opposite of what crypto is about. Crypto is more like Uniswap, where programmatically you can put some of your monies in and everybody wants to be a liquidity provider because you get rewarded Uniswap tokens. You get some reward for the trades, right? So you become a liquidity provider purely because, not even because you're like such a good person, but because you get some small rewards of the entire system that's like happening and everybody like adds to that. And that's why Uniswap today is one of the biggest de decentralized exchanges. Similarly, you can imagine a system where all these creators are making the right decision because they have their own selfish interests at heart. They want to make sure the treasury is growing. They want to make sure that ultimately the protocol and the systems they're building is worth more in the long run. So they're all acting selfishly and yet the final decision ends up being good and benefits everybody mm. in community, right? Like if they, like it almost, like again, based on how our system works, finding the creator with the most upside, who has the most potential, who can return most of the treasury is beneficial to everybody. So everybody goes out in there and tries to find that person. Everybody helps contribute in a small way. And it's actually better than five people who are like highly compensated, mainly full-time salary. Like there's this belief in that. And 
I think it's it's very optimistic. I'm not the type of person who's like, this is the future, it's guaranteed. I'd say like, if you were to build a car manufacturing company the same way, it probably wouldn't work. <laughs> everybody's like, well, you know, everybody's selfishly going to add one part to the car and somehow the car is going to be made by the end of the day. And and quite frankly, most likely that won't happen. Like there's just there's too many moving parts, the supply chain logistics. I think the creator economy has a shot at happening. And if it does happen and it truly exists and it becomes the most powerful thing, like like imagine a dad that could create creators, like the next Mr. Beast coming for that. Imagine being able to create 10 Mr. Beast. That is going to be a world-changing kind of mm. DAO. Now, I bet my career on that, but I don't think everybody needs to. That's the great thing. Everybody comes and contributes a little bit to the system. And that's the great thing about DAOs is they can handle large amounts of people who I like, this is not my full-time job, but I want to contribute something. And again, if you saw a recent announcement, that's what happened creators that represent about 185 million followers combined all contributed something small. They're like, I'm going to do an office hour. Like they, none of them were like, this is my full-time job. I'm going to, but to me, it was almost more powerful that we got all these creators to all agree to do something really small. That was a decentralized system at work, right? The promotion, like we, you know, I, I see a lot of crypto stuff that honestly just uses the word web free, but does not actually represent web free. It's more like very centralized things that like, honestly, just say the right messaging. So it looks like web free. Web free is about that's decentralized thesis and it can totally fail. I think in the early days, like if anybody who got involved, Bitcoin saw like a lot of times they could have failed, but ultimately became something you think huge. Ethereum too. Ethereum had this thesis around like what the future of smart money would look like. And look, even now, the jury's still out a lot about crypto, but I would argue say cryptocurrency on the Bitcoin Ethereum level have been successful because so many people have built off of it. Who are like because it belongs to the community, they were incentivized to build really cool products on top of Ethereum that make Ethereum what Ethereum is today. Same with Bitcoin, that people went out there and did stuff on top of it, started accepting like like every time you know a company says I'm going to accept Bitcoin, they make that cautious choice themselves and. and Maybe even a selfish way, they're like, oh, maybe this will get me more customers. Whatever the reason they do it, ultimately it benefits the system in a really cool way. And yet all of them are independently making decisions. They're not salaried employees. How many companies they're like, we accept Bitcoin. They have no reason to. It's not like somebody signed a contract. It's like if you sign, if you accept Bitcoin, this magical thing will happen or we'll pay you this much referral. It's really like they choose whether or not to do that. And yet each one of them is contributing a system that becomes more and more valuable every time they say we accept Bitcoin. That is the beauty to me of what makes cryptocurrency cryptocurrency. And it's, it's, it's almost a very abstract thing rather than something that's super concrete. Like Bitcoin has exactly this and, you know, built these eight features for us yesterday. It's more like, well, <laughs> the community came together and eight people. To, it, yeah. It, it's, yeah. It's both super cool and it's very tenuous in some ways. Like I, you know, I, I compared to a lot of democratic systems, right? Like every time the U.S. election comes, it's a very tenuous moment in U.S. history. And yet every time, you know, the American people have come together, made an interesting decision one way or another, <laughs> and democracy thrives because of that understanding. Yeah. That is the beauty of, in, in some ways, like, yeah, it represents somewhat what I free is. People wouldn't think that way. And I like, I like to draw these weird analogies between stuff, but that is what right. it's about in some ways. That's a, a that's a, a good analogy and I, I think uh, I think you're right like it's it's still abstract and so then in its in, in its infancy so then it's um, harder for people to wrap their heads around to like I mean to wrap it up today like 
what can what can creators do now to prepare themselves for these Web three opportunities? Like, other than re-listen to this episode and probably track down a bit more of what what Michael's talking about um, on other podcasts, <laughs> um, which they're out there and and you know just paying attention. But like, what else? Like, what what can a creator do today to like prepare themselves for Web three? So I have two two weird thoughts here. The first one is like just keep an open mind on everything. I think again, there is a lot out there on Web three. A lot of different things people are pushing, and keep an open mind about the potential of it. I think is really interesting. And I think the second one, this is the more controversial one. I think it's up to Web three to appeal to creators. I think right now, honestly, the tools that have been built are super unfriendly. It's like, it's not up to, like, I've said this, especially, like, I think certain DeFi thing is like, look, you know, there's financial incentive to like really learn it early on. But I think the next wave of web free products need to be user friendly. Like it shouldn't, you shouldn't have to convince a creator to be like, you got to jump through 20 hoops. You got to create a wallet. You got to remember this like six, 16 key phrases. Otherwise you lose everything. That's a terrible experience. And I think the, like, in some ways, that's what we're fighting against. We wanted, like, part of the reason we launched a search is super easy to understand, right? Like, we'll invest a million dollars in dirt. You don't even know, need to know anything about, like, crypto. But what's happening behind the scenes is a massive decentralized vote is happening, right? But people get voting. Oh, it's voting. I don't have to use the words decentralization. I just have to use the words vote. But behind the scenes, it's already proving this great. My thesis is like, hey, decentralized decision will make a better decision than, like, four experts who have decided that. So I actually, and it might be controversial on Web3 because I think it's up to Web3 to convince creators to join. They need to step up their game, build better interfaces, make it super crisp. And by the way, I, I don't think I did the best job of explaining everything, but another founder will do it. Another founder, like founders will keep stepping up until they, the right founder explains it in such simple terms that every creator understands it. That's what should happen. Not like for the longest time, people were like, oh, you got to jump through hoops. Creators aren't going to jump through hoops. They already have audience. They have a lot of the power. Why should they jump through hoops? And they shouldn't. Like too many Web3 companies want their users to jump through hoops. That is not the future of Web3. Having people jump through hoops is not going to be the future. Having people like have ownership, that's great. Having control and decision-making of an ownership of what the data they give and what they've had, that's great. But they need to understand it. 100%. As a, as a podcast, this is an audio um, medium, but I'm just smiling and nodding and agreeing with everything Michael says. And like I remember when we first met, <laughs> He sort of we talked about this type of thing and 100% agree. Um, well, and if anyone wants to, and they should see this, you know, in motion, they should go check out creatordow.com. Um, they've got the search on at the moment. There's a, they're going to invest a million bucks in a, a creator. It's pretty simple. Um, you can then, yeah, check it out and see it in motion and get involved. Like you can participate you know, at least in voting, yeah. and you can you can understand seeing creatordow in action. And I think that's a a really powerful thing to wrap your head around. Um, so yeah, um, but that's about that's it. That's time. So um, Michael, Mark, you thank you so much for hanging out with us. Um, thank you. Yeah, Brad. brilliant. So check out Creator Dow, track down Michael, and follow him. Um, yeah, it's this is the future. So get your heads, wrap it around it, blow your brain up a little bit, <laughs> but it's good for you. All right, till next time. We'll see you later. Thanks, Michael. Thank you both. Create a generation. Look on the mic.